Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Coming up on today's edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast, the Monday, May 29th, 2023 Memorial Day edition here on the program. We've got a really fun show for you. We've got sports reporters who have indeed reassembled. I sat on this one for a day. We were we taped it on Sunday morning, but everything's still topical as Celtics heat. Uh, game seven happens this evening. Um, really excited about that. Uh, but we spent a lot of time talking Celtics heat, um, even some air Michael Jordan takes uh, on on that uh, biopic. Um, so a little movie talk there early on as well. But uh, we had the Daily Beast, Robert Silverman, AL.com's Andrew Hammond, and special guests who popped in uh, for a little bit of time, Defectors. David Roth. So it was a jam-packed fun show for you guys how the Heat are kind of like Bill Belichick. Late stage Bill Belichick. Post Tom Brady Bill Belichick uh, and Jimmy Butler in the same way. A little Wichita. Yeah, you never knew you'd get that with the biggest stories this week on Sports Reporters. Talk about the Suns, Kevin Durant, little Mets and DeGrom. Uh, If the commanders, the Washington commanders are going to have to change their name again and why they probably should because look, it's early. Get out. All that kind of stuff. It's just who cares? Who who's buying the commander stuff already in the last year? It's it's all right to get out and admit you made a mistake and just Red Wolves, Red Tails. There's all kinds of other great options that they can and should do. So hopefully that happens. Uh, the Jets logo and some other NFL logos. We we talked a lot about uniforms and logos. We wrapped up here on this very program. So all over the place, but a lot of fun as always here on the sports reporters who have indeed reassembled um don't forget folks you can watch this very program uh we're over there on youtube as we just about hit the thousand mark uh for subscribers so very close uh and should hit that by uh the end of the day so if you have not already make sure you go to youtube.com type in the chase most podcast or just do youtube.com slash chase most podcast like and subscribe and uh, make sure that uh, you never miss any of my video content, clips, shorts, all that kind of stuff over there on the YouTube page. If you uh, have any sports questions for Robert, uh, Andrew, or myself on our Sunday morning show here, please, please, please 
tweet at us at Bob Sayetta, uh, AL, uh, or Aham ALDC, or myself, Chase Double underscore Thomas, or the, the podcast page at Pod Chase Thomas as well. You can also email us at Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. So we'd be happy to hear from you what you like about the show, uh, any questions for us, anything like that. Um, feel free to reach out chase thomas podcast at gmail.com uh we're on all the main socials at chase thomas podcast so check us out there and of course if you're already a subscriber uh first thank you but if you have not already uh please leave a five-star rating and a review why you like the show um why you tune in each and every day and why other people should tune in as well that'd be great on your preferred podcast player um and if you're not already subscribed first welcome uh and thank you for checking out the program uh every single sunday morning we tape uh sports reporters uh who have indeed reassembled here on the program so look out for that in your feed normally every sunday morning so uh all that good stuff and go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of my daily content here uh covering all things sports as the sports renaissance man all right there we go uh uncle darren Let's go. Sports reporters assemble. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. The sports reporters. We have indeed reassembled here on this Sunday morning. Bob's got his routine now. Bob's a dancer. Let me get started here. Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast up there in New York City. Robert, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Still just kind of parsing through what happened uh, last night in Celtics uh, heat, which we What will... happened last night? Uh, <laughs> I would like the record to show on this very program as Andrew Hammond of AL.com sports editor, freshly in Birmingham, joined us in the South. Um, so excited about that. Uh, but I am one of the only three sports reporters on this very call right now who has said for weeks that the Celts were winning the NBA title and were coming back in this series last week I got a lot of heat where I was like no pun intended yeah yeah we'll eat some crow here it's not over yet but we'll you know go ahead do a victory lap man do your thing go run the Celts are gonna do it and they're gonna win the title like this is the worst case scenario for the Nuggets too because I think they would run through this exhausted Miami Heat team and what with what they'd be able to throw at Jimmy and company like there's no <laughs> I, I feel bad because Jason Tatum has reached another level and what he was doing in the first three quarters uh in games uh five, six here just he hit some crazy crazy tough shots and he also what I like about Jason Tatum is there aren't many guys who shoot and play like Jason Tatum anymore like there's a lot of stuff he sometimes takes too many threes but by and large he takes these ridiculous turnaround, uh, long mid-range shots with Jimmy's hand just right in his face, and he's hitting it. And it's just Jason Tatum's a lot of fun. Jalen Brown can't dribble; like it's amazing that that doesn't cost <laughs> the Celtics more because that man lost two just that I had jotted down uh, in this game. Where I'm like, I, I don't understand why he's so good at everything else, but the man cannot. I can see Andrew gearing up for a take. He's gearing. Yeah. He, he is. He's. He's. He's like. He, it's. He's like a boxer in his corner. I'm yes. just no, ready to no, come no. out once I'm the just, bell hits. I'm just, I'm just taking everything in, and then I when the time is it. ready, I can feel your vibes. Can Jason feel Tatum's the best player remaining in the playoffs. Like he's the uh, best player remaining. Uh, uh, he's the best player uh, remaining. 
He does everything. East. He's guarding Jimmy. He's he's the best player the remaining offense. in the East. No. Look, Always go wings because guess right what? Right now, Nikola Jokic is somewhere in a bespoke yurt talking to horses. Mm-hmm. And he's bored. Doing he's fine. bored with talking to the horses right now. Right. It's fine. No. I love Jokic. I will always err on the side of wings. Elite two-way wings are the most important. Oh, yeah. wait, 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 wait. So, so this is bone-in or bone-out wings. Yeah, huh? he's bone-in or bone-out bone wings. <laughs> I am definitely he's, a bone-in wing. Okay, he's good. feeling Jason yeah, feeling are himself nice. because his improbable, stubborn take is proving to have legs, and so now he's saying Jason Tatum is the best player remaining in the playoffs, which is. Uh, Bob, there aren't a lot of guys who could bring their team back in the way that Jason Tatum has over the Bob, last three I'm games. I'm ready for the bell to ring. Yeah, ding, ding, go. Okay, so here's the thing. Sorry to interrupt, Chase. No, you're um, good. This is your team. Here's 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 where I'm at right now. Last week when they were, I think, were they down 2-0 or were they down 3-2? Or down 3-0? They were down 3-1 as of... Sunday. I forget when game four was. Yeah, these games blend together because yeah. yeah. last night was game because, six and no, it, no, it was Thursday. game two. It was yeah. game two where I was convinced. I was mm. like, yeah, this series is over. Um, because, I mean, if you look at in hell, Missoula <laughs> almost cost them last night. He um, really did. That was amazing. It, <laughs> which I guess here, and here's my thing. I feel like if it was like in the Old. He did almost call last night, but the referees botched the clock and gave them three seconds instead of the two five that they should have had. Yeah. So that challenge well, did help there. Do you remember? Odds are the answer is no, but go for it. It was it was the 2015. I don't know if it was. It might have been the Eastern semis or something between Chicago and Cleveland, and um, there was a point where. David Blatt was about to make was about to he was either he either he was about to call a timeout or something, and Ty Lue basically like had to grab him and put him on yes. back on the bench. Yes, I remember that. That's how it feels watching Missoula sometimes. It's like you just <laughs> want to grab him and throw him on the bench and say, "Hey, you, stay here. Do not do anything." Um. Look, I I enjoy I enjoyed Joe Mazzulla's story about the dying child this week. That was a real high point for me. Oh God, Bob, why? Yeah, why? Why are you like this? Anyway, um, remember things. I'm sorry. Thanks, 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 Bud. Um, here, here's the my. Everybody wants to know what's Andrew thinking. What's Andrew Mm -hmm. thinking? The world wants. The world (laughs) needs to know. That's that's my terrible imitation of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch doing an imitation of Julian Assange in the WikiLeaks movie. Ah, There's one oh, point wow. he goes, he's doing this South African sort of accent the whole it's time. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. What movie and at is one this? point, it's the the it's called it's the on Fifth HBO. Estate. It's called the Fifth Estate. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, and it's a movie about WikiLeaks. Huh. And at one point. When they're trying to decide whether to put out, I forget whether whether 
whether it was the the call, the logs or something else. But Benedict Cumberbatch is screaming at Daniel Bruhl, and he just goes, "The world needs to know." David Roth of Defector, do you know this reference? Do you know what Bob's talking about right now? I'm uh, no, um, but. <laughs> Well, but, the show. but I think I have so I have some sense that the show existed. I do know that there was because there was a period of time when they were just making like kind of star studded versions of things that had been in the news recently. And so like Ashton Kutcher played like Steve Jobs or something at one point. And they were just yeah, like, I don't know, dude, like just we're shooting it already. Like, get him out there. It's like if you if you look at it on paper, it's like an NBA roster. When you put the the cast list out, and you're like, oh, and, then, and I feel like we hadn't been jaded on biopics just yet, and we're still kind of like, oh, yeah, you're like, I can see it. Yeah, it's like I can see that. Okay, I say, and you see that you know some of the first stills of the movie coming out. You're like, this 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 could be something, and then Seth you see Rogen it as Steve Wozniak. Sure, and, and, why and, not? and then you see the movie, and you're like. Oh god! Yeah, it's like if you looked at a roster and it made sense, and then you watch the team play, and you're like, they are really featuring Ricky Davis a lot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like this is just just not like, and I don't mind Kutcher as an actor. Like I think if you use him in the right way, it's like the same way with like Tom Cruise, where like if you just have him run in a straight line, he rules. But as soon as you ask him to like try to convey a complicated human emotion, you're kind of like, oh, he's never felt that. That's not going to work. Like, which is a challenge for some actors. Um, I loved hearing uh, Bobby's South African accent, though. That's a great way to start your day off. It's like, you know, that's, uh, things I've done today is like a few push-ups, uh, talked to my wife, made toast, and then I came out here and uh, Bobby was talking like Joss Ackland in Lethal Weapon 2, which is great. <laughs> the... <laughs> So is the fifth estate any good? Is there should I watch the um that's <laughs> no, no. all right? No, no, you don't. No, it's fine. It it, it it's a very uh, Benedict Cumberbatch really just leaned into the weirdest parts of Assange's personality. So it's fun for that. But aside from that, it's it's mm. it's 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 yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a replacement level Kutcher's Steve Jobs biopic movie. As important a person as Julian Assange, I guess, has been in the last 10, 15 years of American history. He was never a guy where I was like, I need more of that. <laughs> like, I, I need like a couple of hours <laughs> just to hang out with this guy and get to know him. What makes him tick? Do I, is this a strong take? But like when Air was coming out, I'm like, I, I love Damon and, 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 uh, and Affleck. I, I enjoy their movies. Uh, I went and saw Ben Affleck's latest just very C minus movie from a couple weeks ago in theaters. We were the only one there hypnotic. I believe is what it was called because wow. my wife and I have the regal unlimited. So we get to go like if it, you go more than once, it pays for itself. So we, we have it more of a, eat. yeah, we have more of a reason to go to these movies that we would never pay for otherwise. So it's like, it's a pretty like, why not just jump in there? Um, it's not great. So just don't waste your time. But that all being said, when I saw air, I was like, I'm good on the Jordan stuff. I don't need. Yeah. I don't need to know how that all worked. I, uh, you I'm were okay. preaching to the choir here. I right? think just, like, I, I, I'm I like okay. how we've. I like how we've downshifted from biopics about relatively famous people to just cutting out the human middleman and going straight to a biopic of the product itself. Right, like <laughs> like the Skittles origin story. <laughs> yeah, but the, I, the Jordan stuff to me, like, <laughs> I mean, I 
this is like the dumbest possible way to get to this opinion, which is maybe a dumb opinion on its merits. But like I got sick of Jordan while he was playing because he kept beating the New Jersey Nets and I was like mm. 12 years old and that really made me mad. Mm. And so there was like I had a limited even for um the uh ESPN documentary that I'm forgetting that aired during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. And that was like the lifeline for I reviewed that for New York magazine. So like it helped me pay my rent. And it was also like, you know, it was the only new content that anybody saw for, you know, six months. Mm. And I, I wound up liking it more than I sort of thought I would. I just don't find I mean, Jordan was an amazingly compelling player. But like the broader story around him is like not it's pretty linear you know mm -hmm. that like and then the parts of it that are most interesting are the parts that we're never going to find out the truth about i mean in terms of gambling and the you know some of the the personal stuff and that's fine i don't need to know all of that i have a my coworker israel is like our movie critic guy when he you know decides to do it and he went to go see aaron describe the experience in like more or less the way that i think it would hit for me which was that like he kind of liked it because it was just like a movie where a bunch of like grown-ups who were played by good actors like talk to each other <laughs> you know that yeah. like that just wasn't a it was whole lot hang out with them. it was like you're watching a podcast like with all your favorite people you're yeah like, you're just but, doing a, pod, a live pod and, on jordan yeah and that seems like kind of a it's like more rare at this point so it like winds up being elevated in value just by dint of its existence whether it's mm. actually like any good or not kind of winds up being immaterial to it did you like so beyond the fact that you don't care about the sneakers? Was it like fun to watch Chris Messina yell at people? Like, because I feel like that's like borderline yes. enough to like not get me in the theater, but like I'll certainly watch it. He he definitely did David Falk. And so I've like done stuff on like I did like, you know, like projects in high school and some in college on like just like on Michael Jordan and just the brand and all that. And just kind of mm -hmm. like reading on David Falk, I'm like, this guy seems like it's like he's hiding his true self in terms of just kind of like how he operates and all that he wants to put it's like he wants to kind of stay to the side a little bit but yeah, yeah no Chris Messina did it perfectly I think in terms of just like no make this guy the prototypical 1980s agent like just please yeah he nailed it and I feel like that yeah. could be fun just from a like like how wide the lapels on his suit are, you know, that like you can like the production aspects of it could make it more fun maybe than like any writing element is going to because at some point it's just it's still guys negotiating a contract, you know, but right. Roth, would you believe that um, we started this conversation in, uh, with Celtics Heat right before you got on? Kinda, and then... I figured. It's, it's, <laughs> like, I'm a little late, as is my custom, but I did not expect to already be joining the show during the part where uh, Bob is doing accents. <laughs> you know, like he, was, he was begging me to give him his hot take, and I don't know if it's a hot take, but I just, I look at this series and... If I figured if if they get it to six, I'm fine. I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Now that they're at seven, I'm even more of a basket case than I was at the beginning of the series because I knew, oh great, Spo figures out the Celtics. You could put Red R back out there, and he would figure out the Celtics. You know that that that's just he's just that good in terms of game planning and scheming. For what Miami has done in the last two games, I'm as confused as anybody. Because you know, you see 
you know, and a different sport, but Red Sox coming back from 3-0, you know, the Cavs coming back from 3-1, there was always an element that was there in terms of, okay, this set of circumstances happened, that set of circumstances happening. I I don't see what the overwhelming circumstances are in terms of just how Boston is getting back into the series. You mean like what changed? I, cause I feel yeah. like, so I agree with that and it actually, I've decided to like let go of this aspect of it. Cause like, I want to believe that I'm a smart basketball. I mean, I've, Lord knows I've watched 10,000 hours of it in my life. Like I should know what's going on. It's like a different team showed up. Yeah. Like they were so checked out in those first three games. Like this is already like on the podcast from last week, like drew and how we're talking about it. I was like, these guys want to go home and like, look at instagram it was cancun on three game two was cancun on three yeah and that is like and then i mean they're they're a much better team like again but again as you were saying you can't like read the roster and be like the ashton kutcher movie won the academy award for best picture you know like this is they played (laughs) like that was some real kutchery basketball the first three games (laughs) and I, i think they more or less got the heat's best shot last night give or take i mean like butler and adebayo were bad like actively bad until the last 10 minutes of the game. But it's all the the role players were like at that level they were at in the first three games of the series, you know, where they're just like Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess are like playing at 125%, you know, outcomes. I wouldn't totally rule things out, but it is hard to like flip your perspective as a fan after you, you know, whatever you watch three games, you come to a conclusion that makes sense based on those three games. And then you just have to throw that in the garbage and start all over again. And that's kind of hard. I've had a hard time with it. Duncan Robinson's going to be forgotten about those two just wide open threes oh, in this brutal. game. Like that's going to be lost in time, but I cannot believe that he missed both. Like that yep. was just something you jot down. And you're like, I, the odds of him missing two just wide open, clean looks that obviously with how the game ended up, that would have, the heat would have won just there. I mean, he had some incredible contested ones, yeah, like far out contested ones before that too. So it was, I mean, whatever. Basketball's really hard. <laughs> like that was, <laughs> yeah, it was just I couldn't believe the second one. We missed the first one. I was like, all right, fine. Like yeah. maybe he was too open, you know. But then, yeah, the rest of it was. I so. imagine like Joey Maz, uh, like <laughs> like because he watches the town four times a week. I wonder <laughs> now with Brogdon not being available and them clearly being better with uh, Derek White gobbling up all of those uh, those minutes that he's just gonna like call Jeremy Renner's character from the town and be like, "I need you to finish the job on the forearm. I need you to go ahead and crack that <laughs> forearm altogether because Malcolm Brogdon cannot play under any circumstances in Game Seven. We found our group, and then there's like the heat on the flip side because remember at the beginning of the series, like oh. Tyler here are not playing. It's actually good for Miami. Yeah. And then they need offense late in the last couple of games. You're like, wow, they're really is there is that a high smith? Who is a high smith? Is that yeah. an actual basketball player Haywood at this Highsmith. point? Like, who are they trying to I don't even like, remember his college career? That's right. always my favorite. The guys that are rookies, and I'm just like, oh wow, played in the conference USA, huh? Omar Yurt <laughs> Omar Yurt saving. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You're getting Cody Zeller is not holding up much to everyone's. Yeah. I, no. I really hope we get some Joey Missoula motivational excellence. No, and he just, no, and no. he just calls every single member of the 2003 Red Sox to just come no. on. Yeah. Bob, I'd like, I swear to God, Bob, can, no. can Bronson Arroyo bring his guitar is what he yeah. should be asking right now. Is Brady Little singing the, the national anthem before game yeah. seven? 
Yeah. Guys, guys, I was already stressed out enough watching Game Seven. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't even watching Game Seven because Six. I was watching Game, game six. six, Seven. I don't. Care. He's already got the script, Bob. Andrew's already got the script for Game <laughs> yeah, Seven. Yeah, so I'm I'm having to pay attention to Alabama softball and mm. Alabama <laughs> softball. So I'm like looking at the bottom at the ESPN bottom line, and I see okay, Celtics lead by ten points, four minutes left. Okay. And then my phone just started blowing up on the Jimmy Butler foul. And it's like, dog, like this. And I'm just, I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, shit, let me turn to the game. Okay, fine. And I'm looking at it and I'm just like, this is how they're going to do it. This is how they're going to do it. Wow. Okay, thanks. This is what this is why I stayed away. Yeah. Um, and That's then, what I meant by their best shot. Like that run had the feeling of being like yeah. conclusive. You know, like that was like a sort of, pantheon jimmy butler i'm not really into that sort of narrative stuff but like it had that feeling where is he on your pyramid david yeah we, <laughs> where is it, it was, it, was five? it felt like the 2013 eastern conference <laughs> where you go to a game seven and you know that if you cost them this game then you know you've pretty much just thrown a monkey wrench into whatever future plans they had and then Miami goes on that second half run, and you're just like, "Here we go!" Like it—that's what was playing in my head. But then when Derek White just showed up and just tipped the ball, and I—I I just said, "No way!" I just started laughing. I'm like, yeah. "I didn't think he no got off in real time." Away. I don't know if y'all thought that, but I thought it, it, I thought it, it was after the buzzer, right? Uh, like, it's weird. And then, and then when you showed the replay, it's like clear. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Who knows what that was about? Everybody, it's yeah. all fog of war stuff. But it definitely looked late, <laughs> like given where the light was on the backboard. But then, yeah, yeah it was like there was a second left and he touched it, basically. Isn't that crazy? Like from a distance, it looks like no way. Oh, that yeah. that sucks even worse because it wasn't even close. Um, and then, bam, like I saw Shando Richardson of SI uh, covers the heat. He had made a post about like the Bam at a bio. And this is something because we're just going to analyze just what every player did in this moment um, to stop Derek White from that kind of tip in. And it was like Bam, if you watch it, he's going to box out at the free throw line. Like he just instinctively, because that is what you do. And like what Shando was somebody's like, he's so robotic and like he's just such a smart basketball player that he just, he didn't think in that moment. No, just go for the ball. Like, you're gigantic. Like, you need to just go get the ball. Don't worry about boxing out. I don't know if it was Jalen. I think it was Jalen Brown at the top of the key. And it's like, you went the wrong way. The ball's over there. Like, don't go that way. Like, this is the last play of the game. Just go gobble up three out and the game's over. Don't worry about yeah. boxing out. If he'd, if he'd missed long, Jason mm. Tatum was barreling in from the other, the other side. side the yeah. Rim. Yeah, the other side of the rim already. Yeah, right? They're like, gonna they're everyone's zaprudering the hell out of this final <laughs> shot and I know and, and drawing up diagrams about how Max Struess shouldn't have been, you know, doubling Marcus Smart. Yeah. It was a it, to me it was it was just a that was in addition to it being that you get so few of these just back breaking last second shots in a playoff game where it's a winner go home situation. That was, that was delightfully enjoyable to me. It reminded me, the shot it reminded me of was the Derek Fisher shot. in Oh yeah. San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Against San Antonio. When he, when he was just sort of curled out to launch a contested 20 footer that barely got out in time, but it was, it was, it was beautiful. And the other thing is all of these, all of the sports cliches that come tumbling out of players and coaches' mouths whenever they get down big in a series about, well, they better not let us get one, and you know we're going to take it one day at a time, and you know we'll, we'll 
suddenly all of it you you want like this is the place where all of those things suddenly ring true mm. that to me is just i i'm i'm enjoying the hell out of it as much as i my true rooting interest in the series is the Hellmouth opening up on yeah. the Boston Garden. <laughs> both teams being sort of where I am with down. it too. Yeah. It's like two annoying fr- franchises. So like something funny is going to happen. That's bad to one of them. Yes. And I, I guess I, I have to that. be okay with that. I don't need that. that. All right. You, you <laughs> know each other for what? 10 minutes. I, I don't need that. You seem I'm like a nice guy. I can't be cup. held accountable for what teams you cheer for. That's not, that's not my I, I, I decided to become a Celtics fan when I was four, and I've regretted life ever since. I know. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. I just, I just, the whole heat culture, heat culture. Oh, they're incredibly <laughs> annoying. I'm not going to roll It's so out. annoying. It's just like, wait, what's heat culture? Keeping Udonis Haslam out of retirement? Yeah. Because well, he you're just not, won't leave? You're not a Celtics fan because you're like from New England then? No, no. This is I, something, the thing that I was thinking about with the heat, and I guess I can make this comparison now because it won't be like salt in the wound for you. Oh, not at all. There's a real like Belichick feel to that roster to me now, like late Belichick. Where it's like you have this great coach who is, you know, who is great. And then Spo is not annoying in the way that Belichick is. And he's not like a creep in the way that Belichick is. But I feel like as a GM, Belichick has been trying to see how little talent he can win 10 games with (laughs) for like a few years now. That that's Mm -hmm. been like pretty clearly the gambit where he's like, I'm only drafting guys from Navy. (laughs) <laughs> um, like they, I'm only drafting like people that played lacrosse in college. Cole Strange, like, first round from UTC Chattanooga, baby. Yeah, but he's got to like he's making it hard for himself. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, some of it is that you know it's hard to be a GM, but in this case, it's you know it's weird to hear like it keep getting mentioned that Duncan Robinson is you know wasn't drafted or any of that. Like he's on his second contract. You know, like mm-hmm. these guys are not new, but there are a lot of guys on that roster where I was like, what if you just replace them with like Bruce Brown? Or like just like one of these like sort of freely available but actively good NBA like mid-level type signings. And they don't do that. They like they like to go, you know, through the like G League Ignite roster and just grab a few guys and make it happen. Hey, who was Brilliant. passing to Scoot Henderson the last two months? Yeah, get that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, wow, John Jenkins is back. Neat. That's cool. I love him. John <laughs> like, Jenkins. Really- that man was a hooper at Vanderbilt. He was forty percent from three all the time. He was on one of those teams. The like G League All Star teams are amazing mm-hmm. rosters. If you're like sort of on the the problematic level of remembering guys, where you just like <laughs> it's like, like SEC all second team dudes mm-hmm. are just in your brain forever because the roster is like it's high school kids that are going to get drafted. And then it's like 31 year olds that played a little bit in the NBA and are there to like basically be the RA. <laughs> so it's one of those teams had like Chase and Randall on it or like, mm-hmm. J- like John Jenkins, like guys you sort of remember as like good college players and marginal NBA guys who presumably are just like, do not go to that club. It like, reminds you know, like a bad it, thing's going to happen to you in that club. <laughs> it reminds me. And maybe cause I'm watching soccer and I, I was playing soccer last night, but it reminds me of like, a second level English soccer team that's got like those one or two guys, but then yeah, it's the some are hey. on the way up, some are on the way down, and they're like briefly together on Luton Town or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, oh, that's uh, yeah, but no, I just I can't stand the whole heat culture gimmick, and it's just like oh my, but yeah, on the other on the flip side, it's Boston, we don't even have to go any further, just Boston game seven, and I'm just like. I get it. I get I get why people who aren't fans of either team are gonna be in suff- or are view both fa- fan bases as insufferable. And I'm just like, 
Yeah. I, well, I think it's also the Jimmy Butler effect, too. Did y'all listen to Jeff Teague talk about Jimmy and the infamous Minnesota Timberwolves yeah, practice? Oh, yeah. Thing. yeah Do you remember what he said, who he preferred to play with in that practice? Or it, it was, was like G League guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the, I think this is a Jimmy thing now more than anything. Like, Jimmy's the ultimate Miami guy because Miami's like, we really love the G League. We love our John Jenkins types. And Jimmy's yeah. like, actually... That is who I only <laughs> so want to play I. with. So <laughs> this is going to work out swimmingly because that's kind of my deal. They're yeah, giving him a list of free agents. Than Kyle Lowry. They're giving uh, him Max a list Bruce? of free agents and he's like, not that guy, not that guy. Jimmy, mm. we're on page three. Right. <laughs> oh, like okay. Not- him. I'm only playing him. with guys on two-way contracts. That's my <laughs> this, is like, this is my rule. Jimmy would be the one star to think like that, where it's like because I they do- want it more. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, they've been through the grind and they yeah, know what it takes. That's like he's like putting grind set principles into action. <laughs> he's like he's literally choosing like dinner with Jay Z over one million dollars, like yes. as a roster <laughs> construction move. <laughs> do you think so? Here's this is my question, and and I think Chase you said it with the two-way contracts. Do you think that once Austin Reeves got out of his two-way contract and signed an actual contract with the Lakers. The next game, uh, the next Heat-Lakers game, Jimmy Butler just looked at Austin Reeves and was like, man, what happened to you? What happened yeah. used to be about the music. <laughs> what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't used to be like this. You so is ruining you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet yeah. you went. You didn't go to supercuts for that haircut, did you? I can tell. <laughs> yes. Just, I the, the all the shots of Austin Rivers at the podium looking like uh, a lesser known member of Jonathan Fire Eater were yeah, also equally that's... delightful for me. Yep. Like, another funny thing too, because he's like speaking to that's Ross point about like for me. Yeah, the emo man. But like he was really good at Oklahoma. Like you just like anyone who watched Codwell, you're like. No, he was actually pretty good. He was kind of like a Gordon Hayward in college. Like, I don't know why he went undrafted, but he he wasn't on a national title team. But Austin Reeves actually was pretty solid. If Greg Marshall wasn't a complete ass bag, he's staying at Wichita State. Like, if Mm. you look at, like, the guys that Greg Marshall ran off in, like, his last two seasons at Wichita State, you're just like, that's a sweet 16 team right there. I don't think I know very much. I mean, when they stopped being in the Sweet 16 every year, I was like delighted to be able to stop paying close attention to Greg Marshall. Who did who left? Did he like he was forced out? There were so full, full disclosure. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. So like I like all of that. But like there were some there was Reeves. There was a few other guys that had decent cups of coffee in the NBA, but then were had transferred yeah, somewhere which in else. that conference is like a lot to have around and then yeah that's yeah he weird yeah. to so it think was, that the charles p coke men's <laughs> head basketball coach at wichita state university might have been a turd but what are you gonna yeah. do um it's 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 funny because like when you when i see austin reeves i still think of the guy that like austin reeves ron baker like all of these guys i'm like i remember playing beer pong with them at the bar <laughs> not not Austin Reeves, but Ron Baker. I Ron Baker came were... around too soon because he would have been a Heat Jimmy oh, favorite. Yeah. That man just came around just a little bit too soon. Not, not to bring this back to Nick's talk, but yeah. Ron Baker was a briefly a, a cult favorite on he some was. very yeah, bad, beloved. on some very bad bad Knicks teams. And and there, it made there's... me so happy. I was like, yeah. Ron. Before they were competitive, was. the Bing Bong culture had to just create its own heroes, and that's. Yeah. Like, Bob definitely wrote for me and then drew the art for a story about Alexi Schved when I was in my sports. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. stuff needed to, uh, 
at that also like they were just kind of letting me assign whatever but it was like it's it's a good story <laughs> i was like <laughs> listen dave i've been watching a lot of russian dash cam cra car crash <laughs> videos and the knicks and like, i think say no an more can i give you 250 dollars for that story <laughs> yeah. yeah that was uh Shved was like the ultimate example of that baker was like i think actually probably did have a little bit of that sort of like heat culture something like he was like he was always really fit and he tried really hard and like that just was that team was a black hole and like mm. nothing good was going to come out of it but he baker was like on the linsanity teams maybe right no no he showed up. after he was the post was though wasn't he, he was the post mellow yeah, yeah. post Kristaps injury teams mm -hmm. that were coached Ooh. by david fisdale when they were oh, running wow. emmanuel moutier out at point guard to see if they could Get him back to his, yeah. See, he, he was the fifth overall his, pick, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Knicks, the Knicks operating strategy was well. This guy was considered good by other franchises at one point. Larry so Brown, really, former Knicks coach, liked him. He yeah. was an yeah. SMU guy. Yeah. I, 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 Emmanuel Moutier and Jan Vesely are the two guys that I just I swore up and down. I was preaching the gospel, and I was like, "Yep." These these guys are gonna be it. And yeah. after Moody, I'm just like, you know what? Gotta step back. And like when somebody's like, hey, what about uh this kid, uh this kid Luka Doncic? I'm not I'm yeah. not teasing. Nobody it. knows anything. It would be irresponsible to speculate. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, but some of his highlights, no, I'm not gonna do this to myself again. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. That's I, was, I mean Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I, I was yeah, go Ron, ahead. Bob. Ron Baker, I think I, I forget where I, I was looking at Ron Baker's basketball reference page for the normal reasons that as one does. Yeah, you don't need to explain yourself here. It's all no. normal people on this call. Yeah, and I, I think he he's in his post career. He joined up with not a some kind of muscular Christianity, uh, like athletes not, in action type. Yeah, but like a like a Division three athletes in action organization, and he's <laughs> he's back in the Wichita area, sort of preaching the a that you know that that all things and uh you know the 12th man on a roster can be achieved through our faith in the lord kind of thing <laughs> yeah. at this point it's probably more fun than like whatever playing in lithuania and not actually getting paid when you're supposed to get paid but right i'm sure there's nice stuff in wichita probably uh, a reliable paycheck it's a good place to start hey, That's hey, true. hey, hey. wichita's got some pretty decent uh eateries so you know. i don't doubt it yeah shout out I to spangles great great burger place there you go. <laughs> um, Bob, what do you think Phoenix yeah. is going to end up doing this this summer? The Phoenix Suns? Yeah, or, what do you think the Phoenix Suns are going to do? Do you think or, they're going to hire the, Are you Young? just talking about, we were talking Carrie Lake now and, and the yeah. ongoing <laughs> They're going to have a bunch of recount things. It's not going to come to anything. Uh, yeah. Five seconds yeah. on that. The governor, actual merch that she's rocking. Just, I mean, what I saw, I don't know if that's legit, but if she's really wearing like the, I'm actually the governor uh merch around is a next level bonkers that oh like it's a like stunt on carrie lake to be like i am democratically elected governor whatever <laughs> her name is yeah yeah good like, for her i just yeah <sighs> sure you gotta let's they, they've got they gotta drop they got a drop shipping organization for t-shirts like it's that. not it's great when the main character of your democratic society is the person that lost an election and won't go away like we've got a little bit too much of that in the monitors just in general i think but anyway what did so the sons 
they fired Monty Williams. They haven't hired anybody, right? Or did they hire somebody? They have Adrian not Griffin hired got hired. They yesterday think it's going to be the, the associate coach. I think another Wichita guy actually. Yeah, Adrian Kevin Young. Griffin. Um, he got hired. No, I'm uh, saying Kevin Young. Milwaukee. I think Kevin Young is the one okay. who's the favorite right now. Yeah, yeah. Which? Oh, okay. They're. Uh, I, I, what are the Suns going to do? I, I don't know. I, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of material for them to to upgrade the roster around the you know around Booker and and Durant and, and and DeAndre. I mean, unless they finally decide to pull the trigger and move DeAndre Aiden, there's just not a lot of flexibility there. And and DeAndre Aiden to me is sad because he really does strike me as one of those. And, and this is a classic NBA archetype, incredibly talented big man who doesn't really seem to enjoy playing basketball that much for a living. But when mm. you are handed a nine figure check, there yeah. really is no actual choice in the matter. Mm. Um, and so, uh, and, and, and I'm sure getting just getting every last nerve ground down to the nub by CP3 glaring at him for not putting enough mustard on a kickout pass from the post <laughs> hasn't helped improve his love of the game but yeah. the uh, monty williams was what was and is an outstanding coach and i think he'll he'll land somewhere that's a better situation than i think it's closing up i don't think he's a co- head coach anywhere next uh next year i think, I think he takes Nerd- a he'll take a gap year i think yeah, he's <laughs> I think that would probably be, right? be best but the, yeah. the phoenix the phoenix I thing is the phoenix thing is entirely implicated by the fact that they have Huh. A a a new money Silicon Valley owner who seems to think that getting tips from Isaiah Thomas is the best way to go about building his franchise. Common common move among your lesser owners. Everybody yeah. really loves how available Zeke is. The poor Phoenix. <laughs> if you Suns text him, fans, he will text you back. Yeah, he will. He's 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 not waiting. He doesn't really have much else to do at this point. But like they went from the classic Donald Sterling crusty meddling racist archetype to you know uh yet another in a series of marks cuban and neither yeah. one is a particularly desirable art or successful owner archetype i mean there was a woge story that was ran which had the line which is that shivia is actively he's taking an interest you know, <laughs> like like Michael Lerner and Barton Yeah, I was going to say, he's taking yeah. an interest. Yeah. Not what you want. Yeah, to, I can't do a good Tony Shalhoub in that, but I'll spare everybody. But he's taking an interest in the team. And then once one of Woj's many sources, probably Yashivia himself, said, yeah, I don't want that in the article. They just stripped it right out with no editor's note or anything. Classic journalist best practices, yeah. or at least Woj best practices, and but to everyone, the right everyone, you know, all the basketball knowers seem to think that that he will have a hand in basketball matters, and to me, that is just a very historically that's been a very bad sign for the long term. And how old is he? Of a franchise. He's younger than he's, me and he's, Bob for sure. Yeah, like, definitely. He's, he's in his thirties, right? Yeah, like. Yeah. I was I mean, gonna say older than two people on this call, younger than two people on this call. So that's like the. <laughs> did uh, he play which, with Draymond at Michigan State, or do they not cross pass? Uh, I think no. I think did. he was in the. I think he was in like the Mateen Cleaves. Yeah, team. he was. Okay. Yeah. And not either the, way, not um, Draymond Green also, will be the paying, GM after he paying, retires from the uh, Phoenix Suns. Like that man is absolutely yeah. moving into the Phoenix Sun organization. Real quick, in some way. Matt Ishbia is paying mm-hmm. Mel Tucker ninety-five million dollars guaranteed so 
Yeah, um, he might have to meddle in some basketball matters just to, you know, just to, just to make sure all the uh, all the coffers are filled. But shout out to Mel Tucker, who was at Colorado and was just he gotten paid at Colorado and he kept saying no. And then Michigan State was like, how about now? And he's like, no. How about now? No. All right. Here's the an outrageous amount of money to save our football program from national embarrassment. OK, that's fine. I'll, I'll go ahead and jump out in the worst possible time to start as a new head coach. Shout out to Mel Tucker. He did. He got the bag. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you can't really be, well, you could definitely be mad at him, actually, if you wanted to. But all right. So, guys that, um, that Matt Ishbia played with at yes. Michigan State Alan Anderson. Okay. Zebo for one year. Oh. <laughs> College career I'd completely forgotten about. Charlie Bell. Mm hmm. Jason Richardson. Wow. Which wow. must have been, uh, but none of these guys are the sort of things where it's, you're going to tap into your network. And uh, like Kelvin <laughs> Torbert is going to be your next coach or whatever. Like this is, it's a lot of like Big Ten guys that you sort of remember if you were watching basketball around them, but nothing. Uh, yeah, this guy is a few years younger than me based on this. Oh, he played with Mo Pete and Mateen Cleaves. Yeah, so that's, that's a, a good. That's a, lot a good of NBA college guys. NBA roster right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's over three years, but that is a lot of recognizable dudes. Can we also just say that Kevin Durant, who look, I love Kevin Durant, top ten player all time. He just continually makes these bad choices with what with one particular thing, which is Brooklyn actually is figuring stuff out and you go and you make your move to Phoenix and it costs Mikhail Bridges and you have to give up just enough where you can't win the West. And now you have Devin Booker as your running mate and Devin Booker was awesome. This playoffs like those two are awesome. Chris Paul, we're nearing the end. You're going to lock in Chris Paul next year, it looks like. DeAndre Ayton, that situation's not great. And you found yourself in another extremely talented team that is never going to have it all together to make a deep finals run and get back to uh, the promised land. Like, I just feel bad. I agree. It's a pattern that he just can't get out of. And I think it's probably just because he he costs so much. I mean, that like the stuff that Phoenix had to trade to get Durant back in like anything like a fair deal is like the connective tissue that makes like a really good team into like a title contending team. You know, mm-hmm. that it's like if, and I think Mikhail Bridges is great. I think he's, and you know, Cam Johnson's had a much better NBA career than I would have guessed based on his college oh, yeah. career. And he's like mm-hmm. really is a good NBA player. But like, if those guys are your fourth and fifth guys and you're in great shape, but like in order to like get <laughs> Durant, you have to send them away and then you're replacing them with, Tory Craig, like Terrence Ross, yeah. and like yeah. again, like freely available types who like you know, it, not to say that like there couldn't be some sort of like late career breakout there or that they like figure out the best way to use TJ Warren or whatever. It's different dudes <laughs> though; they're not as good. They're the Clippers, right? From the Doc years, where it's like the every year was like, is it Jamal Crawford who's the fifth man? Is it Paul Pierce? Yeah. Is it um, Wesley Johnson? Is it like they just did that song and dance every year, and you're like, they figured out four. They can't, yeah. they just aren't going to figure out the fifth and, and it's going to cost them. It's also like tough with, and this was where they, I think they kind of blew it in Brooklyn to mm. a certain extent is that like, there's this, everybody that's a fan of a team and I was, I'm not a, a Brooklyn Nets fan, but there, I felt the same way. I'm not a Knicks fan either. And it was the same deal with the guys that they wound up trading for Mello, mm. uh, retired that like the hard work of like building a team where it's like, they're 
overperforming. You know, it's like younger players, like sort of the, or guys that you were able to get at a you know discount because they were under you know valued one way or the other. Like those rosters are the ones that I think fans remember like super fondly. You know, not to say that like Warriors fans obviously like they remember the championship teams like and love them but like that we believe team that like beat the jazz like that's the team that like if you're watching them you are because they're giving you something that you're not expecting and the nets had built you know around weirdly around d'angelo russell and then like that sort of like collection of role players that team was like really spunky really good like tough eight seed that like wins one game and like i grew up cheering for teams like that and i like it's not you don't want that to be the end of the story necessarily, but if you can keep that sort of core and then drop a superstar on top of it and make that work, like that's, it sounds a lot easier than it is. Like you have to trade some of that to get the superstar. You have to let some of it go so that you can bring in the superstars buddies or whatever. And then it's like that little bit of like chemistry. Once it becomes untenable, like you're stuck with what what Phoenix has, which is like a super good top heavy roster that I have no idea what they're going to do with. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think they're going to win. And you're just the Durant. And then we're going to be over because Durant, this is ending sooner rather than later of peak number one option on title team, Kevin Durant. And just the waste of the last four year, four, I guess, five now years is just a bummer because yeah. Kevin Durant is just when he is healthy and at his best, you can make the case. He's been the best basketball player uh, in the league. He's amazing, but he's in that like Jacob deGrom stage too, where it's like, Mm. he's not declining. He's just available for fewer and fewer games. And so like, that's tough. Like you, I mean, it's going to put you in a position as a team to have to like bet on a bunch of stuff that you have no control over, but where you're like, all right, well, if we get the, you know, the 30 games in a row where he's excellent, like let's just put those at the end of the year. And like, you can't do that. You saw what happened to the Clippers this year, like all the load management shit that they tried. And it's like they ended the playoffs with their two best players not on the floor. So yeah, maybe that's what the Rangers are doing. The Rangers are awesome because they're motivated to have Jacob Degrom available come October. They're just like we got to get him there. We just got to get to October, and then Jacob will be ready. Yeah, there are are two Mets fans in this podcast (laughs) right now. They are discounting how difficult it is to get Jacob Degrom (laughs) to do what you want him to do. Like (laughs) he's like they they have this idea that they're just sort of like you have an injury and you need to sit, and he's gonna be like, no, I don't. I fixed you, it in my mind. Like, yeah, he comes just, out. His warm-up psych-up music is Solitary Man. It's a bit of a tell. Yeah. Is it really? It is. Yeah. There's yeah. a great... I So this is... I do have to go to a child's birthday party after this. So yes. I will step off. But uh, the... I wrote the Mets essay for the Baseball Prospectus book this year. They usually ask me to write about a team that they think would make me upset. And this year, they like, <laughs> picked, they picked mm. the right one. They, you know, they knew. Uh and I went back and watched the, so his first start with the Mets this year was like, um, or last year was, I'm getting texts from my wife being like, we have to go to a child's birthday party. Mm. Uh, it was, they didn't go to commercial during it. They just had like, they ran it, you know, him warming up and that song playing and the crowd uh, sort of like cheering, but then just like kind of being nervous and watching him, you know, like it's just like that step down from cheering where you're just kind of like, I hope he doesn't like grab anything. Right. Mm. And uh, it was like, it's actually kind of like, I don't know that it would mean anything if you weren't a Mets fan, but it's like good filmmaking. Like I found it kind of like moving in that way. And then, uh, you know, that you don't usually find yourself moved during a sports game. But yeah, he wasn't around the way you wanted him at the end of the year either. But I don't know. Good luck to the Rangers. Um, 
thank you guys for having me sorry to be late and no this is great like this is a a david roth pop-in you never like we like a good pop-in like i'm around yeah i just have to be reminded of it chase had to like i remember this last night and was like oh my god I'm supposed to be on the freaking moon. I have to be on the stream tomorrow, like 10 hours from now. But uh, yeah, thank you for accommodating. I yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Defector.com. Go subscribe. Uh, uh, see you, David. Right. See y'all. Bye. Bye, Dave. Bye. Um, well, there we go. That was David Roth. Just, to, just to, piggy, to piggyback on on the the cinematic qualities of David of Jacob deGrom's first start, uh, I highly recommend, if you want to, a good Twitter follow is John DeMarsico. Mm. who is the director of the SNY broadcast team. Mm. And he will, what he's been doing lately, one, the Mets do some really delightful, truly cinematic stuff with their broadcast, which is often a a great thing because they're the Mets. So you kind of have to, you know, burnish the edges to get to distract from the actual product on the field. But the one thing he showed last week, which was just amazing, uh, Pete Alonso hit, a three-run home run to win a game in extra innings. Mm. Yay! But what he showed was the shot from the SNY booth with all 16 camera angles. Mm. And so you see all of them in a giant, you know, Hollywood Squares type thing. And you listen to his call of how he put together the shot of Pete hitting the ball, the ball traveling out of the stadium, the fans reacting, him running around the bases, him going in the dugout, him doing high fives, the pitcher, and you just see him going, camera three, camera three, go, hold, camera six, camera six, ready, camera six, ready, 16, ready, 16, ready, 16, ready, stand 16, stand 16, two, ready, two, ready, two, go, three, ready, four, ready, 12, ready, and it's just like, oh my God. It's like he's an air traffic controller. It is the amount of split second decision making that it takes to put together what is an excellent shot of a game winning home run and an excellent you know clip of footage it looks like like it tells that story but the decisions he's making while keeping track of 16 different shots of various parts of the entire stadium are amazing it is an am- <laughs> it, i'm just like you have you have plugged into a deeper recess of a mind palace than I ever thought. <laughs> you, you are the lawnmower man here plugged into the direct source and just do, I, I was, it's, it's amazing. I was blown away. They actually managed during a, during a Cubs game last week. Somehow the camera team got an exact replica of the shot in the movie, the natural when Glenn Close, you know how Glenn Close, like when, because the, the Chicago game, the games in Chicago versus yeah. the New York Knights were shot in Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And there's a shot in the bleachers where Glenn Close is backlit so that from home plate, Robert Redford can't see, like stares up into the stands, sees the late evening glow like the sunset glow and Glenn Close is there framed in a halo of angelic light. And they got the exact same shot. Now, granted, they did not have Glenn Close in the stands, but it was... It was Buck Walter. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually Anna Benson, the saucy wife of former Mets and Pirates pitcher, Chris Benson, who got in trouble for showing up in a too-sexy Santa Claus outfit during the Mets Christmas Day thing. No, but they got a shot of... And it was... For except save for the lack of a Glenn Close, it was the exact image of that, and no one caught it. 
no one on like I don't know if anyone watching at home during the Mets game got it or a small percentage of like movie freaks slash Mets fans got it. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. That was beautiful. Amazing stuff. Anyway, John DeMarsico, twitter.com. Uh, really, if you want to, if you want a little peek behind the curtain and see how the, the uh, an MLB broadcast is made, that's a, that's a, a legitimately good Twitter follow. And 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 it's a non Bally sports uh, broadcast, so no, I'm all for it. Um, yeah. I hate having a Bally sports a, a team on Bally sports because it's just so. Cookie I have multiple butter. teams on Bally sports. I think so everybody you hate it more than me. I was gonna say, yeah, like everything I watch, just about I, locally. I, I've said this before. I, I was very worried when they when the Mets were dithering about renegotiating Keith Hernandez's contract because SNY, like when the Wilpons sold the Mets, he held on to his cable network. Mm. So uh, Papa Steve does not own SNY. The Wilpons still own SNY. So the Wilpons, who are not famed for, <laughs> who lost a lot of money to Bernie Madoff and are not famed for spending it when they don't have to. Um, I was worried because honestly, if if I could not watch the Mets broadcast with Gary Keith and Ron, I would become significantly less invested in Mets games. That's the scout's honor. God's honest truth. There you go. Uh, last thing before we wrap up here, fellas. The Washington Commanders might have to change their name again. They got their because trademark. Of a wacky trademark. Line. I, I don't. Yeah, I do it again. Change it again. Change it. I think I'm on that team. I think change you can change it. it again. Who cares? Change it. Change it. Washington Go. Football Club. No. Washington Football Club. Washington Football. Washington Team Football. Call themselves the what the, the what the f's. I like the Red Wolves. The Red Wolves was good because Red Wolves, yeah. Red Tails. Red Tails is also awesome. Like yeah. I don't know why they went away from that. The thing that it seems like people only care about is the red and yellow or garnet and yellow. Like as long as that color scheme, burgundy and gold. Burgundy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Because yeah, garnet any Washington fan will tell you, yeah, burgundy and gold, <laughs> maroon. But, it doesn't matter, right? Like, but I do think it's hilarious. Then that's the most Washington thing possible is they did all of this and it's like, oh, also you didn't do the homework and now you're gonna have to change it again. Like who is, who's the original owner? Is it a lacrosse team or something like that? Well, there's is... two. So there's yeah, some yeah. guy who like bought a uh, what was the guy? I forgot the He was squatting on all yes, of the Yes, there's a yeah. guy squatting on it. But and I then... thought they settled with him though. I don't think they've settled, but I think he's open to settling, if I remember correctly, reading it. Ah, uh, okay, because I remember hearing about, because it's the same guy who, like, basically was like, oh, I'm going to get on the ground floor on this. Mm-hmm. And then I thought they had settled with him. But apparently, as you the, say, the they, uniforms are the uniforms are bad, and they should fix them. So mm-hmm. if they change the name, I mean, it takes, evidently, the marketing whizzes who uh, employed by NFL teams and the design geniuses it takes two years to come up with a new uniform palette um who just announced new some which NFL? I'm, I, I completely blew it some nfl team is rolling out new uniforms arizona arizona, arizona just did. arizona just, just arizona did uh, the eagles are supposed to debut are supposed they're gonna, to break they're gonna have the kelly green throwbacks the arizona did the ohio state practice uniform they're, look they're just i with an angrier bird, it, yeah, angrier it's bird. like they're trying to go back to their. They old look like uniforms. Louisville. They look like Louisville now. 
Louisville's got better uniforms. Yeah. Um, um, I want, I, I'm very much wanting my New York football chats to change their uniform because it looks like, I don't like it. They look, they look like a Canadian CFL. football league. uniform. Yeah. They're real Saskatchewan rough riders hours. <laughs> how, how did they not just keep the, I would like for them to go back to the, cause I know that they have the look or they had the look in the late nineties into the two thousand tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, 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 the go the, with the, the, ones. They it, need it, to, I want it to be Kelly Green. If, I, they, I, if they just tweak that color to a Kelly Green, it's perfect. But there was a really janky XFL type uniform that got leaked right before they made the decision. Uh, and it was it, it had a numbers. It was bad, but it was bad in an interesting way instead of them looking like Marshall. Um, and I was all for it. It ended up not being. They had a, a helmet logo that were these black jet wings that oh, kind of looked yeah, like the yeah. Eagles helmet. And yeah. I honestly, it was it was one of those that's so awful. I really like it. But. Uh, I, I just, I, I honestly think the biggest problem is that they've gone with this, they develop, they have a bespoke color all their own, which they call Gotham green. And I like the emerald quality of the helmet, but I want an actual Kelly, gosh, darn green. Well, I don't think it's going to happen if, though. If they had kept the, I like the, the nine to the eighties and nineties jets word mark. Yeah, very, it's a very with, '80s word mark. If it they really had gone is. with, but, but seriously, if they had gone with that, if they just yeah. gone with that word mark or they, modernized think, it, yeah, Woody bit. Johnson has has sort of hinted at the fact that they'll have a throwback at one point. You, but, you, ha I think. I mean, one because the fans want, like Fireman Ed clearly wants it. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a, he's got a stack of Bruce Harper jerseys in the closet that he really would, wants to bring out. And I think they should do this. I would do this Thanksgiving weekend. Everybody, you just have a throwback weekend. Um, the, the 94, I loved the 94 year. When oh, I hate the diamond it. anniversary. I hate when everyone it. wore throwbacks. Because half those jerseys awesome. look like crap. Yeah, but I like that they look like crap. I like really crappy looking jerseys. To me, that's interesting. Like, well, I also... I mean, I think a lot of it's just so weird. Do you think? The okay, just to clarify, there's there's a difference between bad and crappy. The Commanders have a bad uniform, uh -huh. a crappy uniform that just just makes people go, "What are you wearing?" To me, that is always interesting. Like that one year during the Randall Cunningham years when the Eagles wore uh, light blue and yellow. Oh yeah, that was oh, terrible. No, no, Michael yes. Vick. Michael Vick. Oh, Michael Vick. It was the Michael Vick year. Yeah. It was yeah. Michael Vick comeback year when they wore. Oh, when they when they wore the when they when they wore like the early the late thirties early forties uniforms. Yeah, mm -hmm. the Jets did that with the navy blue and gold. Oh, yeah, they wore the Titans. Yeah. They wore the Titans uniforms to, Which, for a number of years. And I didn't it, hate them. They no, it just bad. it just no. Look, it's navy blue and gold. As Notre Dame fans will tell you, yeah. is a solid color combination. It's hard to mess it up. And so it's just a navy blue and gold uniform. It's just not the Jets. It was like, am I no. who am I watching right now? Right. Like, it's just not it, the Jets. The, the cool. best uniforms were the Curtis Martin ones. The Curtis Martin Jets uniforms were the, the best ones. The problem is you can't do complex shoulder stripes Why? with a modern NFL uniform tablet. Tablet because most there's because just too much. It's too busy up here now. Yeah, mm. the fabric, and you can't because the point of the UCLA stripe mm. 
is that it goes all it's it's a complete circumference of the shoulder and mm. you cannot do that with the nike or even the previous uniform template huh. you cannot the template does not allow or you could but you'd have to sort of jerry rig away so you it goes around it, but so... you can't because like the shoulder like so many players have just uniforms that just barely covers the pad and then tucks yeah. under and they wear it so you cannot that's why Carolina tried to do that by having a, a, a stripe that ends in a point, but it still mm. doesn't work. So, and it worked with like with a guy like Jake Delhomme. It worked because he had right. the long he had, he had the long sleeves. Right. So does Aaron Rodgers. And so they tried right. to fix that by having intricate patterns that aren't a circumference, and you get those, for example, like the Seattle uniforms with like the Nikitini that's like jammed in the middle of it, and none of it works. Which is why I think it's actually smart that teams are getting rid of the TV numbers that used to be on the show, like on the, both on the actual shoulder itself and then move to the top of the pad. But nobody needs to see those now because TV don't, technology don't say you don't has, need has, TV has reached the point where it's like, well, how am I going to know who these guys are if they don't have a number yeah. on their sleeve? You, do, you, you don't, don't actually need, need it. You, I'm saying you really don't need the TV numbers anymore. Right. No, um, they're, they're useless and there are better design things you can do with that space. Speaking as an esthetician, that is a, these space to be mine. The commander's thing, and I'll say it real quick just to like clarify. So Florio wrote, uh, the reason for the Nile was one, the existence of a trademark for Commander's Classic, and that's the Air Force uh, Army game. And then uh, pending applications filed by a man in the DC area. Uh, also, Martin McCauley uh, filed trademarks for, and this is the guy he's talking about, Washington Space Commanders and Washington Wolf Commanders at a time when he was trying to squat on the team's potential new name. It doesn't end the issue. As uh, Gerben explains, the team can fight the matter and it can attempt to work out a deal to use the name. Macaulay has already said that he'll surrender anything he owns to the team. That's something he has been saying for several years now. So just hilarious. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to guess they change it. Like Josh Harris, you might as well. Like it's not... I don't think any Washington fans would be upset at all or care for the least bit of like, oh, it's already outdated. Like, what? But the who was buying Commanders merch in droves over the last year for in the DC area? Who was actually doing that? Uh, uh, Sam Howell's family. Yeah, that's uh, about it. Yeah, it is. It is kind of hilarious that when you watch a Commanders game, you still see people in jerseys of the team yeah, formerly the known hogs. as. Or the Washington Football Club, and you're just like, you already have hogs anyway. So just do Razorbacks. Why not just do the Razorbacks? Or do the you know the the Red Hogs, Air Hogs, Red Hogs, yeah, yeah. Red, Red Hogs, Air Hogs. Like, don't overcomplicate this. Yeah, I mean, just Red Tails is cool. You get the yeah. tail lo logo back on the helmet, which everybody likes, and avoids. <laughs> the the, there's a military them. aspect too, because you know the NFL yeah. just loves. Uh, right. That's the whole, speaking of which, just for a last note, the hilarious thing about these these mass boycotts of Target and Bud Light and any and any and any and all product that that is you know that <laughs> that does the the merest gesture to to recognize that in fact gay people exist in the world is screw inclusion. How yeah, dare well, you? Try, the, the, the point is the point is fascist and the point is to create a self-contained community where you don't have to encounter the outside world it's cult behavior it's also the point is to drive gay people out of public life but aside from that as a sports fan for the last 
I'm going to say four decades at least, there has been an official endorsement in one form or another by, well, really in the last like 20 years, but so post 9-11, there has been very, very clear attempts, including actual cash handed over by the U.S. government to make it clear that the pro sports leagues support the armed forces to sell a militaristic version of the world. If that's not political, I know I don't know what is. And I've written blogs, I've written columns, I've written articles talking about how I think this is bad, but like it hasn't stopped me from watching a single sporting event once. And I would never think of saying, well, okay, here's where we roll out the hundred yard sized flag now during the game. And here's where blue angels do a flyover. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to, don't need to see the military industrial complex being sold during this. I find it at best annoying, but I would never think, okay, well, that's it. Sports have gone, sports have gone fast now and I can't participate. You mean you don't like flyovers for games involving two four-win teams in November? I, I, I yeah, it irks me. <laughs> but I mean, the idea that it just—it's baffling to me. The idea that that would cause a sit like that if you are a person who likes watching games, and I am one. I watch, you know, I, I consume a lot of NFL football, tons of basketball, and a great deal of baseball. And the idea that that corporate entities politics as they were because they're not really politics it's just marketing the idea that that companies the marketing efforts would be so offensive as to cause me to reject it it's not something i've ever really seriously considered i mean you can say that i lack conviction but come on man the game's great there's a whole like there it's it's to me that i'm just like you know we on the left have dealt with a certain political ethos being, as they like to say on the right, shoved down our throats for the longest time. And you know what? You suck it up or you go to the you go to the can when that part of the game is on or you grab a beer or you just say, OK, this is not for me. It's for somebody else. But I recognize that there is a segment of the population that takes a great deal of pride in that, that loves the military appreciation nights and that feels it's important. And if it's important for them, OK. I think they're wrong, but that's just me thinking other people are wrong, which is a thing that happens a lot. I don't, I don't begrudge the people for whom it's important or think that they're somehow destroy that it, that they're harming me and they're destroying mm. my way of life in some way. It's not personal. So, there's today's brief political commentary and you know end rant. There you go, uh, Andrew Ale.com. Go subscribe today. Uh, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over there this week? Um, we have got both Auburn and Alabama and the college world NCAA baseball tournament. Um, most likely both of them will be hosting. So there's going to be a lot of good content there. Um, but yeah, this is like kind you of men or women's uh, men's. The women are Wait, hold on. Playing... Alabama's not hosting. Yeah. For you think Alabama and Auburn are going to be hosting. They are so. I've spent this week at the SEC baseball tournament, which I don't need to talk about that. If you're okay, Chase, just close your mouth or go watch Matlock or something. If you if you are a sports fan, <laughs> if you are a sports fan, you have to put this tournament on your list. Mm. Um, it's just it's such a great atmosphere because you're generally seeing matchups 
whether they be in the first round or the first round of play or even to the second round. You're seeing NCAA tournament slash super regional slash Omaha quality matchups, you know, every game. So it's really, really good to see. And yeah, Chase, sorry, Tennessee. I was, there was a play that happened in that game real quick where a player hit the ball and the weather was like the ground was so damp that generally it would have probably maybe possibly dribbled out to the fringe of the infield, but the ball just died and it just stayed in front of home plate, which constitutes as a hit. And it was just like, yeah, this ain't Tennessee's day. This is okay. They're going to be the number, uh, the best number two regional team, uh, probably Indiana state or something. And they win the college world series. Things are good. I could see them sliding into a host spot because I was looking, I was just, literally just looking at the projections and some teams have slid down. So if Indiana state loses, which I think that's something we've got to pay attention. If you're, if you're a Tennessee fan, that's something you got to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, Because I think that's where they're going. If uh, based on every projection I've seen, it seems like that's where they're most likely to end up. It's and it's weird because a lot of spots where they could go as a two seed, they can't because literally there's an SEC team there. I mean, yeah. that's just how good the conference has been. But, yeah, there is a – yeah, um, because I put Auburn maybe hosts. Um, Auburn fans were quickly to tell me that their metrics are good enough for them to host, which I will give them. They are, but it's also kind of like eh, – there's an SEC logo on your uniform. If you if you were in a different conference and had these measurements, you were absolutely a two seed. Um, so yeah, both both Alabama and Auburn are hosting. We will or most likely hosting. We will know later on tonight. Um, but yeah, this is supposed to be our calm period of the week. But actually, technically, it's not because college football minute real quick. SEC meetings mm-hmm. this week. We will figure out a schedule format, most likely. Oh, you say no? I don't think so. The, it's pretty ugly right now, from what I've heard, uh, because they don't—they're gonna have to eat a bunch of money to dump a lot of games, non-conference games. Ew, I think it's gonna drag if on. They go, if they go to eight the, or go to nine, they're gonna have to if, drop if, a lot. If they go nine, which is what they, they should need do, to go nine. Thank you, Chase. You're on the right yeah, side. Yeah, no, they should because if they go eight, I, it's going to piss think, so many fans off. I think they're they're the decision makers are fine with nine. Yeah, they just know that you this whatever they're doing now, it may be temporary because Oklahoma and Texas don't have any voting power right now. They'll mm-hmm. be there, but they don't have any voting power. But they may vote in the best interest of when we circle back to this in two years when we do have voting power what's going to happen so it may be at nine but i would not be surprised if it's just for two years yeah bobby silverman daily beast anything new you want to plug this week dailybeast.com no nothing new something in the works yeah Ooh. for now no I like it. All right. Later. Later.
later. Bob Silverman, Andrew Hammond, always a pleasure, and I will talk to you all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 